and I was given a death sentence at the age of 16. I became a slave to food and to fear. 799 pounds. 799 pounds. But here I am today. 600 pounds lighter. And I'm here to share my story with you to help you improve, to help you find your way, and to help you become a more motivated person. I'll be your inspiration. Here we go. Let's do this. He's been on the Today Show, The Doctors, in the National Enquirer, and in newspapers and magazines all over the country. Welcome to the 600 Pounds Down podcast. Here's your host, Coach Justin. Hey, everybody. Welcome to 600 Pounds Down live segment here on Facebook. You guys get to hear it here first before it goes to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon, and the like. So we're excited for you to be here. I have an amazing special guest today. Before we get into that, I just want to share with you what's going on with One Step Movement, man. Lots of fun things, lots of good things for you as a person you can benefit from. We have our our coaching, one-on-one coaching that I offered to you, someone who has lost 600 pounds, who has a ton of experience, who has helped hundreds of people, if not thousands of people, succeed in their plan to lose weight, become healthier, and to have a new life that just they're waiting to have. I have the answers. I'm here to show you. I'm here to benefit you. I'm here as your personal coach to make this thing happen just for you. So don't sleep on this. I'm here. I'm here to help. And it's now your time. And it's approaching January. Everybody wants to lose weight by January. Start in January. Let's do this together. I'm here for you. Reach out, justinwillaby.com backslash coaching. Make sure you check it out. And an incredible, incredible thing that I think is amazing that's happening in my life right now. I'm going to be releasing a book in January. And that's called Made in His Image. I'm totally stoked about this. It is my story. It's what I've done. It's what I've overcome. I mean, it, it helps it helps that mindset battling those those insecurities that we all develop over time, uh, battling the what the scale says. We see that scale. We look down at that scale and it says a certain amount of weight. We battle that mind, too, because that can actually make us what make us feel insecure. It can make us feel bad about ourselves, make us down on ourselves. How do you overcome that? Well, this book is going to help you overcome those lies and those insecurities and those bad thoughts that we have about ourselves. I'm excited to release that. It is happening in January. Enough of my advertisements. I'm here to uh, really bring on a very special guest today. His name is Larry. He's next. I hope you guys are ready. I hope you're excited because it's going to be a great story. Tune in. Here we go. 600 pounds down podcast. Larry Petrie next. And I was given a death sentence at the age of 16. I became a slave to food and to fear. 799 pounds. But here I am today, 600 pounds lighter. And I'm here to share my story with you to help you improve, to help you find your way, and to help you become a more motivated person. I'll be your inspiration. Here we go. Let's do this. He's been on the Today Show, The Doctors, in the National Enquirer, and in newspapers and magazines all over the country. Welcome to the 600 Pounds Down podcast. Here's your host, Coach Justin. Hello, my friend. Justin, Coach Justin, how are you? Coach Justin, man, Larry and I have been friends for, oh my goodness, how long has it been, Larry? Do you have, do you have count? 2005, uh, summer of 2005. So whatever that is, 17 years. 17 and, and years. Counting. And it's still going on. That's the beautiful part. Uh, Larry and yeah. I have been friends for a while. It's been great. Um, man, I, I've known this guy for a good amount of time, got to, got to experience his life and the things that he's been doing. In the beginning, Youth for Christ, phenomenal ministry. We played well in that together. Um, I've always appreciated his leadership and always appreciated, you know, what he brought to the table with friendship 
and uh, mentorship. And I just, I gleaned from Larry. And now to see where he's at today, I love that he's on this podcast today because he has quite the story that really is kind of the opposite of what, what I teach, right? I teach about weight loss. Now he's actually going to be talking about as a person who struggled with weight gain. Like we, we want to lose most of the people listening. They want to lose, I want to lose like 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds. But when they see a guy who has a struggle of gaining two pounds, three pounds, four pounds, we tend to get jealous of people like you, Larry. I'm just going to say, <laughs> we tend to get jealous, but, but on a, a serious note, there is a real, there is a real serious part of this. And we're going to learn from Larry as he's going to share his story here in a moment about how difficult this has been for him throughout his life and how he has developed his mind to a bet to come to a better place. So he's more, I guess, has it more controlled today. So anyway, I'm not going to steal all his thunder. I'm excited that he's here. We're just going to start now. Larry, could you please just fill us in? Give us your story. Give us who you are and, and just take us on your journey. Absolutely. And thanks for having me, Justin. And we've had, you know, ongoing conversations throughout recent years and months, but even over the past uh, couple of weeks, you know, talking about what kind of conversation we have and how we can frame it. I like how you use the word jealous and jealousy that sometimes, you know, people like you might be jealous of me. And then it makes me think of all the other people that I'm comparing myself to and I get jealous of. And so I'm hoping that one of the big topics that we can kind of just bounce around a lot today is that idea of jealousy versus being enough. I am enough. Um, and that points, you know, that leads to your book. Um, we, we, we've talked about that. We've looked at that together and you got a lot of great ideas there. And so uh, my journey, like you said, is a, is a little bit maybe of the inverse or opposite of yours. Um, always the skinny kid, always kind of the scrawny kid, uh, elementary school, middle school, high school. And just really, uh, especially in my middle school and high school years, just kind of always wrestled with that. Um, not being the most athletic, not being the biggest, the tallest, the strongest, the fastest. And I think especially as a male, when um, so much of your activity is, is athletic and physically oriented and, and so much of the sizing up that you do with one another comes down to those qualities, um, that, that made it challenging. That made it tough. And so for me, um, a couple things that happened in my middle school, high school years. First of all, I developed a pretty strong chip on my shoulder. I realized, all right, if I'm not the strongest and I'm not the biggest guy or the tallest guy, I'm just gonna win at everything. So every time I have the possibility to win, whether it's a board game or card games or in the classroom, uh, whether it's you know pick up football in, in the church parking lot, if I just win at everything, then that'll show that I'm better than some of those guys that are taller, stronger, faster. And so that kind of was a mentality that I picked up along the way of being hyper-competitive. And I, I still struggle with it a little bit today. It's gotten a lot better and a lot helpful. By the way, Justin, officially, I'll say live on the recording that you did win the uh, Rock, Paper, Scissors game that we had leading into this. I'll give you, see, I'm learning, I'm growing, developing as a person. Um, I, I just want to say, Larry, it wasn't easy beating you. You know, no, we, we have a, so Larry and I used to do, we used to do some fun things. Like when we were together doing our, our friendship thing, we used to rap together. We used to uh, just hang, just a lot of hanging out. Like we, we really had a good friendship going. Um and we would always pray together. But before we did, we had to do rock, paper, scissors first to see who goes first. Right. Well, they made the call. They were like, all right, you pray first or I'll pray first. The winner. Got to so, be best two out of three. The only way to do it. Right. I think I think you made up that rule. Oh, she kept losing. No, I was oh. trying to help you out because I think you had a rough. We had some streaks in there, some ups and downs. There was a lot of a lot of ups and downs. Any whom. Yeah. So <laughs> carry on, sir. How, what yeah. else are you doing? We also are good about just like throwing curveballs at each other and responding to them and playing off each other. So this is going to be very easy. Um, the it. things that I did uh, to try to deal with, you know, being smaller, being uh, skinnier, thinner than my classmates. Um, one was that chip on the shoulder that I kind of developed that mentality of I just got to win at everything anytime I can. But the other thing that I, I did discover some of the gifts and talents that God gave me was uh, running um, in middle school, seventh grade and all through high school and also uh, my college uh, career. I was a long distance runner. So I participated in cross country, um, indoor track in uh, central New York state. Uh, winter times are brutal. So we had indoor an indoor track season and also outdoor track. And I'm getting to be pretty good at those. And, and again, that's where some of my um, competitive nature kicked in, but also training and discipline and, and using the, the body type that I had and the, the, the positives that I had to, uh, to run pretty well. Um, pretty good runner, um, above average in uh, cross country in my high school um, career, um, pretty 
decent college runner. Um, and then also part of my challenge with my part of my journey with that was it, it usually ended up in high school and in college that one of those three seasons, I, I, I struggled with injury as well. I kind of had a, an ongoing hip injury. And so sometimes I just couldn't really get the full turnover on my legs. I couldn't run to the best of my ability. So being a hyper-competitive person, trying to um, do something athletically in a sport that I enjoyed, but also having times when I was uh, hampered and hindered in that too. And so that was kind of the part of my journey um, athletically and how I dealt with that jealousy and that not enough and comparing myself to others. So getting that, that chip on my shoulder um, and then trying to just you know, run as fast as I can and, and be competitive in, in that nature as well. So that, that was in your, in your college years when you were, when you were doing the running thing. Now, how did you develop an injury at the start of your, your running career? It was, it was, uh, it was high school and, and college. Um, and I, I still remember uh, one track meet, it was actually against our, our arch rival uh, Fayetteville Manlius. I'll shout them out. They had a tremendous long distance program. And we were running a mile outdoor track. So four laps on the mile. And it was uh, myself for my team. And then three or four of their runners, um, probably one or two of them might've been as good as me, but, but, but not, I mean, you know, you know, each other, you're sizing each other up, but that was one of those days I was injured. So lap one, I, I'm struggling through one of their guys passes me lap two, the second guy passes me and then lap three, you know, I'm, I'm, trying but I can't physically do what I know I'm capable of lap three the third guy passes me and then I think lap four you know they, they just have their way of doing it but even after that their coach you know to his credit um really good sportsmanship really good coach came over and just talked to me and, and you know checked in with me and so some of those moments where they're really humbling too but but yeah throughout high school throughout college usually once throughout the calendar year um, for a season several months um I would wrestle with that sometimes even stepping up to like the starting line of a race and not knowing for sure, am I going to be a hundred percent or 60, 70% or, or even less. So that was part of my journey. And that was um, challenging to wrestle with. Man, man, I can't, I just can't, I can't fathom that. By the way, everybody, if you're watching this on live right now, feel free to shoot some comments at Larry, let them know that you're here. Let them know you're watching. If you have any questions for him, we're definitely going to open up Q and a at the end. Uh, he loves to, to answer questions, but back to the subject at hand, I just can't fathom. I mean, when I would at the gym, when I go to the gym and I, I exercise, yeah. like I know my limits. I know like, okay, I'm hurting today. So I'm not going to go for a, a long walk. I might just do upper body lifting today. I can't fathom being injured, having pain and, and, and wanting to still be competitive. And, and, but what, so can you tell me like what sort of thoughts that went through your head when you were, when, when you stepped up to the, to the, the line there to run and knowing that you're injured, dude, I mean, this is, this is testosterone city. I think like, this is why guys don't live as long as women type thing. Right. So right. can you, can you fill me in? Like what, what was, how did you, how did you mentally get yourself there? Even with an injury to, to finish a run or start a run? I think it was always a double-edged sword. Um, even going a step back to, to training, right? Like you mentioned, it's like, do I push through this? Do I try to push myself and, and get the workout in that I need and, and push my limits a little bit, or do I need rest? And then, you know, your personality is going to respond to that differently. Some of us are going to tend to like ease off and, and go more easy on ourselves when we need to push. Some of us are going to try to, you know, push and, and run through the brick wall when we need to rest. And some of that depends on a day on a situation, how my body was feeling. So that was a, that was a constant um, topic of conversation um, in my head with my coaches and, and, and the trainers. Um, it was never easy and there's never like a, a simple fix. It was never a simple solution. And I think one of the challenging aspects too, if you're, if you're talking physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, wellness as the whole thing. Um, I went to a Christian college and, and faith is, is important to me and a huge part of my life, just like, just like yours. And we share that together as well. Um, trying to honor God with my running, you know, trying to give my best, not for me and for my own spotlight, but if, if I'm made in his image, if God made me and gave me these abilities, one of the best ways that I can point back to him is by performing to the best of my ability and with the best attitude that I can. And so that was a lot of like faith questions in there too, of like, all right, God, you gave me these talents. It's something that I'm good at and I'm in, I enjoy, and yet I'm held back um, for whatever reason. And so I think for me, honestly, like the spiritual and theological questions and, and the, the, the spiritual soul stuff that came with it was probably, um, and also in the spotlight of my teammates and being on campus. And I was known as a, you know, that's, that's part of what I was known for. 
and not always being able to do it as well as I like. Like I think some of some some of those spiritual and relational uh, wrestling points were were harder than the physical. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just trying to just trying to revisit that, if you will. Like you're painting a picture, and I'm like, man, I, that that's it's impressive, but it sounds like dude, there was something going on there in your mind that probably wasn't the best. Now, when we talked, you and I talked, um, we were talking about insecurities. We were talking about just how you as an individual going through school, doing the track thing, the running thing, like there were some real insecurities at play due to your body type, due to your body size. And I can tell you, man, I, I'm... I can join you on that, but opposite spectrum, right? I mean, right. I yeah. mean, knowing that I'm thicker, knowing that I have excess skin, knowing that I have a little bit of extra weight, whatever you want to call it, whatever it is that we want to label ourselves as. But we can see that I struggle in a different area than you. But at the same time, man, there's, there's some pretty similar, uh, I guess, similar things that we do struggle with when it comes to number one, insecurities. And it's still body image in some way, shape or form, or it's still kind of sizing up to other people. I mean, I see people at the gym or see people outside running and in my mind, if I'm not careful, can go like, man, I wish I can, I can lift as good as him. Man, he looks really good. His muscles are, are bulging from his, like his bicep right. there. I want, I want yeah. that or, yeah. or man, yeah. they're running pretty fast. I want to do that. I, I can, I can hear that to myself and mm -hmm. I had to quickly uh, reject those thoughts and quickly just throw them away because if not, it, it literally could, could put me down a road I don't want to go down. And I talk about that and made in his image a lot, uh, comparison, comparing myself to other people. Um, but yeah, I, I, what, what were some of your insecurity, like your thoughts or, or what did they do to you when you, I know some of your story, you kind of shared a little bit already, but, but yeah. what, what went on? Like, what were some that you struggled with and what did you do to, to cover those up? Yeah, I was, I was even thinking about this a, a little bit. Um, prior to coming on with you this morning, just thinking through my thoughts, you know, I talk about that, that chip on my shoulder mentality of let me just be good at everything. Let me be great at everything. Let me win all the time. Even as I look back on that, like that was fake <laughs> because I had times where I would be hyper competitive and it, it'd be like a board game or a video game or like something like, okay, great. Like, where does that get you? But I realized I also lacked the, the discipline to put in some of the hard work that was needed. Um, whether that's in, other areas of life or, or on the, the, the track or cross country. Like, uh, so, so some of the things I learned was a lesson in humility that some of the people that were less talented than me or maybe less gifted athletically, they had that tenacity and the actual drive to better themselves. And some of them ended up surpassing me. And, and so that was a good point of conversation too. And that was in the context of some of those were really good friends of mine. And so to, to have that awareness of like the, the chip on the shoulder mentality in and of itself to deal with my insecurities, it didn't work. And it still doesn't work today in, in, in any arena. And, and that's true, for, true of any of us. Like, what are we, what do we pick up to deal with that insecurity or to deal with that comparison? Or like, I don't want to do that because, you know, that person's going to show me up anyway. Um, that's why, again, back to made in his image, you really hit some of those questions and some of that negative talk that just comes up, whether it's in the mirror or whether it's looking at other people in the, in the gym or what they're able to do. It, it's we have to have an answer and a solution for how, how we're going to respond um, to those things, especially when the comparing and the not enough comes up. Yeah, I, I definitely want to I want to talk on not enough, yeah. not enough. I mean, that that's a, a common I feel that's a common trait for a lot of people who are on a fitness journey, especially and in life in general. But I want to talk about health and wellness because that's more my that's my avenue. Right. But it's interesting because I see. You see people, and let's use social media as an example, right? Let's let's look at that. When we look at social media, you're you're seeing polished. You're seeing people who who are trying to say they have it all together. Man, they're they're giving you like the best of the best of, of who they are as a person. And we don't see off camera what that what what's life really like. Like, okay, here's an example. I'm picking my food today. uh we have for dinner or lunches or what's it look like when you have some you know what, what is this stuff so i take pictures or i take video yeah. and you know i make sure all the pictures are nice i make sure they look good i make sure you know it's all basically it's all good but yeah. 
what am I, what am I truly doing? And deep down, I'm like, I want people to know that, you know, I have this thing together, that there's this. So I think people are walking around with this type of this mindset of everything has to be, we find enough in our image a lot of times, I guess is what I want to say. Well, I think some of that comes down to the double-edged sword too, of like, you give the social media example, like that can, on the one hand, that can feed my not enough, but I can also try to turn those voices down and, you know, connect with people, connect with people who are on the same fitness journey, connect with friends, you know, share my journey, share what I'm going through, um, get, get healthy resources or healthy feedback. And so some of it just comes down to the choices we make and, and practically, right, like the voices we listen to. Um, some of it's, it's tuning down that comparison, that, that comparing and that competing and, and tuning into the resources that are actually going to help me. Um, I know for me, I mean, I, I, was, I, I got off of Facebook on 2019 and I spent a lot of time there and I haven't even thought about all the different ways that that impacted me. And it was a, a really hard decision brought on by some other stuff in my life, but like it's one of the best decisions I made and, and, and I don't miss it because I think there always is and was that, that element of, of competing and comparing. It's, it's human nature, um, but especially when we're on a fitness journey or trying to better ourselves or make improvements and changes, man, that, that not enough and that comparing um, you have to get over that. Like we, like we've said, like you have to find a way to deal with it and find the resources that you need and the friends that you need, the people you need to journey with you um, to, uh, to wholeness and, and, and that sense of enough. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think, I think this is something that you and I, you know, I mean, we could talk about this for quite a while, I feel, you know, cause it's, it's such a common, a common trait that people experience. Right. Um, and a lot of times that's usually, that's usually a motive birthed that motive basically births a passion to become healthier. And a lot of times that could be, that could be in an unhealthy manner, right? Yeah. I mean, just like you running, just like you trying to prove yourself in some way, because I mean, you said that you struggled with, all right, some of these guys, it was, we were talking, they might run faster than you. They might yeah. do this. And so we, we tend to, to think that we have to, we have to make this, the best that we can make it um, and, and become like, have these unhealthy thoughts along the way to motivate us where that shouldn't be our motivation. We shouldn't be comparing ourselves to other people, but comparing ourselves to who we are. I yep. mean, if we're an unhealthy person or we want to get better at something, then we got to actually do something to better that person that we're looking at us in the mirror, right? We're looking at the person in the mirror. That's who we want to compete with. That is it. And yep. you know, it's, it's a good time in my life because my, my, uh, my stepson, he is in basketball. And there's a lot of times like he compares himself. He doesn't feel like he does good enough. He doesn't feel like he, and after even coming close and shooting some baskets and making some points and having some great steals, and I can go on and on about the skill sets that I've, I've watched in him. But when you mentioned those things, he still says, no, I didn't do this, but we didn't do this, but I wasn't good enough. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, did you ever struggle with that? Did people ever give you, uh, that makes me to my another, another question for you. Did people ever give you like, that attention, Larry, that was amazing. Larry, that's nice. And what did you do with, with those, those words of affirmation? Yeah. I, I was also thinking about that too. Um, I, I think it's a blend of both. Um, as I got into like my junior and senior year of high school and also later on in college where, you know, people kind of knew you, you got to, you know, people knew who, who you were in your school and in your, in your setting. Um, you know, that was part of my identity of, of being a runner, uh, being a pretty good one too. I mean, it's one of those kind of, it's kind of a nice notch, a notch on your belt. Like not everyone can just get up and run five miles for fun, you know? Like, so they, people are impressed with distance runners and the things you're able to rattle off. And so that's kind of fun. Um, and I tried to stay humble with it um, the best I could. And, and I think I did fairly well, but I was also thinking about this and you know what, like if it was about me and if it was about that chip on the shoulder mentality and I need to, you know, win um, constantly. So I feel better about myself. Like I could have won every race and I still would have kind of felt hollow and empty and it wouldn't have solved like that issue and that problem. Um, the things that really helped uh, were my faith um, coming to a sense of like acceptance. Um, the things that really helped were my teammates. Uh, I had two other guys in high school that we were really, really good. And so the, the three of us were, were excellent runners. Um, the one year uh, I was a year ahead of them, the one year I made it to States and they didn't qualify. Uh, the next year we're in that final race and we know like the chances of all three of us qualifying individually aren't good. 
And uh, just the way the race played out, you know, we all finished really high, but they, those two went on the stage and I didn't. And so like, but the relationship, like leading into that race and leading into that week, like we're running together and joking about like, man, forget you, I'm going to stage, no, forget you. And like, we just had fun with it because, you know, there's no point in being hyper competitive because we're teammates where we ultimately have each other's back and, you know, being able to celebrate one another. That's the point. Um, and so I think it just comes down to like what, what tools you pick up and, and, and like the, the accolades and, and whatever recognition I, I get, like it, it doesn't matter. And especially now, like now I'm 39, I'm, uh, my kids are seventh grade and fifth grade. So they're entering into that stage too of, of um, ballet and basketball and athletics. And so I'm telling them some of my stories and it's like, none of that stuff matters anymore. You know, they'll, they'll oh, Dad, did you ever win a race? Like, yeah, you know, I won a couple, like, it just gets put in its perspective over time too. And that's one of the exciting things like health and wellness and, and identity, like in the different seasons of life. Like now we can kind of look back on some earlier seasons and what did I learn there? What was going on there? And when you're in it, you can't, um, when you're in that current season that you're in, uh, it's hard to do all that work. You're just trying to kind of tread water and, and, and do what God is doing in your life in that moment. But um, I'm grateful that as I get older, it allows me some opportunities to reflect on some of this stuff and hopefully share a little bit of wisdom too. Sure. And I, sure. I feel like, I feel like we all have something to offer uh, when it comes to our experience or our past. Right. Uh, you know, you said something I want to touch on and that was um, the support you had support around you. And if all you hear are the negative voices in your head as your support group, you're not going to go very far. Right. We, we, one thing I do believe in is accountability. I do believe in a support group and being online right now, as where one step is uh, the one step movement is basically at, at this moment is mostly online. And I offer a, a private tribe or a group one step nation tribe that people can get involved in. And uh, starting in January, man, we have, we have an amazing, we have like 200 members. Mm. It's, it's, it's pretty cool because we have guys and gals who, who are on their own fitness journey and who hear lies in their heads all the time and who get it right and have wins and this and that. And they can be this, this example. They can be the support to those who are struggling, maybe what they were struggling with before. And so I've always thought that that support or a community, and I've always taught this to my coaching, is an essential element for success because the community of me, myself, and I does not work. It just right. doesn't work. You can't yeah. have that. And you can might you might be able to do it for a little bit, but when you live in isolation, that's when bad things can start happening. I mean, you start going down a road you don't want to go down. Your thoughts become, you know, these 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 thoughts that just maybe take over and then make you into somebody you're truly not. But if you were just to get away from your your solo community, if you will, me, myself, and I, and and step out into something different, it changes things. Like just like your 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 running buddies. Like if you didn't have that. You may have been a person who felt defeated. You may have been a person who thought, well, I don't, I, I'm not good enough. I didn't, I didn't run fast enough. I couldn't make it right. to dates. Yeah. I, you know, I think that plays a huge part. Can you speak on that at all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think it is vital. Um, I had thoughts. I'm trying to bring them back. Uh, yeah, the, the community, um, cause, cause even on a fitness and wellness journey, like some people are going to come from different backgrounds, you know, maybe you participated in a team sport. Maybe you have a background in a sport that was more individual and, and the team thing is new. Maybe you're used to just kind of exercising and trying to better yourself on your own. And so, you know, that, that team part is, is always, it's always a little bit weird. It's always a little bit uncomfortable um, stepping out of your comfort zone, especially honestly, if we're talking about fitness and wellness, like it's a very vulnerable place. It's very vulnerable to say, this is where I am. I don't really like it. There's some things I want to change. This is where I'd like to be. Like that takes a lot of guts and a lot of courage. And so it's easier just to stay home and, and do that, you know, with myself and in my own head, but like to, to share that with others, it's, it's, it really is crucial. It really is vital. Um, one of the things that, that I learn and share all the time, even in my work environment is, is like, there's going to be days where uh, I am there and, and providing encouragement to others. And there's going to be days where I need the encouragement. And that's just so true in any area of life. And that's, you know, that's one of the way, why we're wired to be in community and why we have to, we have to take advantage of it. Like you said, it, it can be the comparison thing and we can compare ourselves to others or we can collaborate with others and, and find strength and encouragement together. And you just, sim you simply go farther when you have people in your corner with you. 
Yeah, yeah, man. And then, you know, relationships. I mean, we have, both of us are married. We, uh, you have, what's that? Not to each other. No, we are not married to each other, but we both have spouses. And, uh, you know, one thing I do find that when my wife gives me compliments, when she, when she actually takes the time to show that she supports me and loves me and she does it in her own way. But when, when it's, yeah, you ever hear the book, uh, the five love languages, right? Yeah. Where they say people have love languages. And if you speak these love languages, it means more to them. Now, when I notice when she affirms me on things, my, my heart begins to be a little more, oh, I can do this. I I'm doing good. Yeah. I I'm feeling great. You know, it's a support there that just, that takes over. Now I can take that to an unhealthy level and just always want support and say, well, if I, if I don't get affirmed that I'm not good enough, that's wrong too. You don't want yeah. that, but there's a healthy yeah. balance on that. And I think it starts with, with at home, you know, our, our, even our kids, right. Even our family, even our relationships and not just them giving that to us, but also us giving it to them and, and paving the ways and kids in sports or kids in dance or, or all that stuff that goes along with it. It's like, we have a job in ourselves to communicate, hey, yeah. you're doing a good job. Even if they don't feel like they are, we're going to point out the great things that they're doing and we're going to tell them in a nice way, hey, you can work on your passing a little more. Let's just next week, let's let's get this, step it up a little bit. You know, we can do it in a way that's loving. But I feel like affirmation goes a long way for many people. Some people don't care, but I think mm -hmm. deep down they do. They yeah. do. They, they want to be affirmed because they're looking for affirmation in other areas of life. And if that wasn't a care for them, they wouldn't be over there drinking out of that bottle. They wouldn't be over to looking at those things on the internet. They wouldn't be over there going out and gambling to find fulfillment and find yeah. this is what I'm good at. I love this. It's, this makes me feel good about myself. Right. They, they wouldn't be doing that. So I think affirmation is a is a, a must for everyone just looks differently for everybody. Uh, by the way, everybody, if you're still watching this, I know we've got some people here watching. Um, feel free to leave some comments and questions. Larry would love and I would love to answer any of those. Uh, so feel free. We love interaction. It's always been good. But Larry, I want to move on because again, there's a lot of things that we have in common when it comes to insecurities, when it comes to the thought life. But let's move on to talk about where you're at today. So we know that you are a runner. We know you had the college years that you were doing well there and you developed yeah. a habit of running. But what it looked like coming out of college and moving into, I know you're married, your wife's amazing, your family's amazing. I know you have a good family life there. You're active. Um, in a ministry, I want to know where you're at today. You know, what, what's, what's your thing today and how are you incorporating health and wellness into today? I know you got a crazy, awesome, fun story to share within this whole thing. So give me some. Yeah. Details. Yeah. Thank you. I think I'll kind of start recently and, and, and work back a little bit um, just because this is part of, this is honestly part of the reason why we're even having this conversation. Um, my wife, she teaches fifth grade. And they have a program here in Western New York, kind of like the Buffalo region. It's called Girls on the Run. And basically it's for elementary school girls, I think third, fourth and fifth grade. Um, it's, it's kind of like a health and wellness program. Basically they walk through like a, a couch to 5K. And so they're training, um, they're getting in shape, they're exercising, they're learning about you know empowerment and well-being, and just kind of all those general uh, really good uh, life principles. But what they do is that they, they do a 5K and as part of that, you have a runner buddy, and that's a grown-up who runs this 5K race with uh, the girls. Usually, it's a parent or or a friend or or relative or something like that. And so my wife is a coach, and she's been doing this for a few years now. And my daughter's in fifth grade this year, so she's part of the program. And my wife usually um, picks up some of the other uh, students who might not have a runner buddy and runs with them, um, being one of the coaches. And so they're like, "All right, this year, like Dad, like you're running with Lydia." I'm like, "Okay," and like. I'd been a little, I'd been active. I'm moving around. I, I, you know, sometimes I'll get on the treadmill and walk, but I was talking with Elisa about this. Like I had not probably run uh, a race or like a 5k or anything, you know, since post-college. So probably 15 years or so. And so we're kind of joking. And again, I get into that like competitive first, I didn't want to do it. And then I'm like, okay, I got to do it. Uh, Cause we're, we had that connection. Like this is a part of that family stuff that is important you know opportunities in life and then i get all competitive again i'm like all right like training stretching like making sure like i want to be good to go so i can be in and it took me a while to like slow down and switch gears and my wife kind of pointed out to me she's like it's it's not that big a deal you're running a 5k with elementary school kids I was like, okay um 
but what it did, it ended up being a really good day, a really good race, a really good time with my daughter and wife, um, and, and a good experience. Um, everything went well and smoothly and my daughter did really well too. So I'm proud of her, but, but it just kind of reignited, um, that, that fuel and that hunger. So some of the things that I experienced in running uh, of feeling good, feeling strong, you know, accomplishing goals and setting goals. And I found my time too. Um, a lot of times, oh, I don't have time to do this, that. Like I had the time. That's time I was wasting online. That's time I was playing video games. Um, even watching football. Like I literally own a treadmill, put the treadmill, watch the game, run while you're watching the game. Like some little things like that, that just, once I got started and once it reignited that fire, um, it kind of just was easy to keep going. And so a month later I signed up for a 5k myself and that was, uh, a couple weeks ago, last weekend, I think, and, and went really, really well and had a lot of good time. So, so it just kind of reignited this, this running and health and wellness flame for me, thanks to my, my daughter. And I also have to give a shout out to my wife. Um, she gave me some quotes to read. I'm not going to read them, but, but she got into um, iFit on her own. So the past year or two, um, doing all types of workouts and, and connecting with that community. Right. And I, I still remember, I, I sent you the picture, Justin, like they do races and you can get medals uh, for doing races in iFit. And like the day she got her first medal in the mail, like I was proud of her, but also that like, like, dude, I want a medal. <laughs> like, why can't I get one of those? I should be, and she's been asking me the whole time. You should do this with me. We should do this together. Like, I didn't want to, but now like we kind of came around about, and, but that's like part of pushing each other too and, and having that relationship and, and finding what works for you. And then eventually sometimes those can be uh, good avenues for teamwork as well. So that's, that's kind of where I am now. It was kind of laid dormant for a time, still being active, still moving around, uh, being involved, especially in, in work with students and things like that. But really over the past uh, four or five months here, uh, jumping back into some more intentional um, training and running. So, yeah, I, I, I love Larry and I, we, we text and he lets me know when he's on his treadmill or yeah. kind of workouts that he's done. Right. And uh, we do that just for accountability, just for fun. It's just like, let's, let's make wellness part of our, our lifestyle and our friendship. It's always, it's always good to include that. And, you know, I love it. Like last night, right. It was a football game. You texted me. We joked around about the Cowboys because, you know, I'm an Eagles fan and Larry, my boy, Larry supports me. Let's go. Right. Hurts. Affirmation. That's right. Affirmation. I get the affirmation. Right. Yep. From, from my boy here. Um, so, you know, we would, we would talk a little bit during the football games and we text each other and we, we would say things, but he would tell me, Hey, I'm going to go walk on the treadmill as I'm watching a game, like little things or run on the treadmill as I'm watching a game. It's little things like that, that can make a difference. You can get the activity in, in those moments, if you choose to be intentional and, and Larry has done that has become intentional and he takes his, his wellness a little more serious than he has period uh, in, from recent past like i think he's he's definitely motivated to be healthy and I, I did see how he was sharing about the 5k and and i asked him i said you know did you did you how'd you do and he told me how he did and i wondered if he was like tripping the elementary kids or anything like that but i don't think he was because he's very competitive I thought about it okay I, he thought about it all right i thought he did he's he's a guy like that sometimes but uh no for real it's just good his heart was good to be with his daughter support her uh support his wife it's just, he, he definitely had a servant's heart in that, but in the midst of a servant's heart, he mm. found his passion reignited to become a healthier person. Larry, do you have, um, do you remember that bet we made in the past? Yes. Can it's you, still going. I thought it was still going. I don't know. Can you inform the audience of what that bet was? Yeah. And this is, I mean, this is again, like kind of, I think making fun of, uh, you know, some of those challenges that can come with health and, and wellness and, and comparing notes with people on, other sides of the journey, but just, I mean, make it a conversation, make it fun. Like Justin, you are in the midst of, I think you're still in the midst of, you know, losing um, some of that, that weight in your weight loss journey and, and doing really well and, and getting a lot of um, respect and appreciation for that. And, and, you know, you've had times too, where you're really ramped in and you're really like hyper all about it. And, and you know, how that plays out in your relationships and friendships too. Like we're not always perfect. We're always learning. Um, and then I'm kind of on the other side of just like, you know, I can eat what I want, do what I want, whatever. So we kind of made this bet of like, Justin, like you keep being healthy and doing whatever you're doing and I'll do whatever I want and we'll see who dies first. <laughs> and whoever, whoever is still alive is the winner. And like, it was kind of funny, but also like, you know, let's, let's, it's kind of that balance of like, let's have good habits, but let's not take ourselves like over seriously. Like let's just enjoy the journey. Right. Yeah. It was just fun. It was fun to mention just because like, it just, it was, 
dead serious fun time. It was just like I was. Doing, I mean, we were joking, but it was just funny. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we've had a. Are you still? What what's? Let me before we move into the next subject. We'll be done here soon. But what's yeah. your diet like today? Can I ask that online? Am I allowed to ask that? Yeah, I mean, um, nothing magical or special. I mean, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll share some of the struggles too. Um, uh, the highlights and struggles. Um, one of the cool things with that girls on the run program that I talked about and, and being the runner buddy for my daughter, actually my, my wife and daughter and I, we all got Fitbits. And so that was kind of new for us and just having a new tool, um, to address, uh, health and wellness. And so, I mean, one of the things that I'm trying to do is pick up, uh, drinking more water. And so I've got a 14 ounce bottle, uh, water, water bottle that I, that I drink throughout the day. Cause I measured it. I know how much it is, you know, 14, 16 is too much. I've tried the big, huge ones and like, I'm not drinking that. Some people do. And that's great. Like that doesn't work for me. 14 ounce. I kind of found what works. Um, so just one thing that I'm trying to be more intentional about is, is upping the water intake um, throughout the day. Um, eat well, eat healthy. Um, honestly, for me in, in my work, that's one of the struggles of, of running around, being busy at work. It, it's a it's a cliff bar or two for, for lunch. Maybe it's not lunch. Maybe it's making up for dinner. And so it's not perfect. Um, one of the fun things, too, is like our, our kids both have races now. And so cutting out soda entirely and the orthodontist, you know, made that pretty clear to us many times and, and uh, cutting out some of the, 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 the extra sugars, things like that, that just aren't going to be good for their teeth. But like, again, a teachable lesson, a teachable moment that like, yeah, we don't need that stuff. It's not really great for us. And so um, nothing special, nothing magical. I know one of the things, Justin, you put me onto a while ago, that's been a habit of mine for a long time now is just the muscle milk and protein shakes. And that's, that's very helpful for me. Um, I think one of the places where I just kind of have come to um, a sense of I'm enough lately has been, you know, for me, there's been serious times in my life where I want to build muscle and get stronger. And just the sheer amount of food and effort and volume that I'd have to do to accomplish that, it just, it's just not realistic for me currently. Um, and so uh, part of it is like setting these goals and having something to shoot for, but also being re realistic with ourselves and, and where we're at and saying, hey, it's enough. And so for me right now in this season, it's about muscle tone. I can do that. I can have muscle tone. I can, I can look good in the mirror and look good to myself and just have that sense of like, all right, that's enough. That's good. I'm enough. And one of the things that helps me with that is, you know, muscle shakes and add some peanut butter and feed some peanut butter to the dog as well once or twice a day. That's always fun to do that. It's always funny. It is. He knows. He knows when I get the certain cup out, it's it's shake time and he's gonna you know, yes. it's, it's those routine, some, right? You're getting some hearts and likes over here, dude. You can't see them, but I, I got to see <laughs> So I love it. Uh very cool, very cool. Now, yeah, I've been to your house a couple times. I got to eat dinner with you a couple times, and uh it's always been good to hang out with your family. And and you got you guys do eat pretty balanced. I mean, we all yeah. have our hang-ups with with sweets periodically and all that, but I feel like your family gets it. You guys aren't always having, you know, let's have pop tarts every meal. Let's have sugary yeah. laden cereals every meal. I mean, you, you get it. You have a healthy dinner. Most of the time you have. So I do, I do appreciate that because not only is it about us and how we eat, but also what are we, what are we pitching to our kids? What are we pitching to yeah. our spouse and our friends around us? Um, so yeah. And a lot man. of that for us, is, it's funny because it's, it's not like explicit. It's never something that we, intentionally like had a conversation about you know what kind of foods are we eating and this and that it's just the the general awareness of eating healthy um, my wife you know she's uh, she'll she has like a salad like every day for lunch like you know half of our meals have have salad with them and so like over the time like I finally got used to that I'm like okay you know that's a good thing sometimes you just you learn from others and, and get used to certain things over time and it's also fun too um, we kind of grew up with like the the food pyramid uh, and and what uh, was the communications for health and, and dieting, like at certain times in history. Like, so my wife and I, you know, when we were in school, it was like the food pyramid and the food groups and this and that. And now our kids are like, oh, this is how we're talking about it nowadays. And it's kind of similar, but what have we learned in terms of health and fitness and nutrition? So sometimes even like intergenerationally, like you can learn from your kids of like, how are, how is health and wellness and, and dieting and fitness being taught to them based on all the things that we know now and the experiences and, and, the, and the challenges that we have in our world now too. And so that's kind of some fun conversation as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and I think the, the approach is natural as possible. Don't eat all the sugary stuff and all the processed stuff, every single meal. If people just made yeah. that decision, it'd be a difference. Moderation. Right. 
moderation. That's that's a really good word to say there. Uh, I just want to move on as we're going to come to a close here. Um, so tell me, you're you're a, a chaplain now. You're working in a, a senior community. Can you fill us in on what you do now and how it impacts your health and wellness? Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for the opportunity. Uh, I'm a senior chaplain. I work with Heritage Ministries. Um, and so we have uh, several communities in the southwesternmost county in New York State. Um, and we also have uh, 11 communities total across four different states. And so we serve seniors who are uh, independent living, um, like typical retirement campus. We serve seniors who are in assisted living, who need a little more help, and also several uh, nursing homes, skilled nursing facilities as well. And so, Justin, as you and I were talking, you know, I, I get to see kind of um, the, the final chapters of, of people's story, you know, residents and friends of mine. And so it's really interesting from a health and wellness perspective. Uh, you see the lifelong habits of people and, and kind of where that takes them, where that leads them. Um, you know, one of my friends, Nancy, she's in her 90s and she grew up as, a, as an old farm girl and is one of the toughest and most tenacious people I know. And we have some exercise equipment in our facilities. And so um, before our church services or before meetings or activities, you know, she'll hop on there and do some reps and, and you know, try to build and sustain some muscle because she knows that it's good for her. And she's got those habits and disciplines. So you can see the people that were intentional and had lifelong uh, healthy habits. Um, you can see some of the people whose uh, health maybe didn't have the best habits and, and, and how that impacts their health, especially later on in life. And there's also some stories of people who have some challenges and then, you know, physical therapy or occupational therapy comes in and says, hey, you got to do these things now if you want to avoid these challenges. And, and the wrestling with that, you know, the, the yeah, you got to change your habits or yeah, you got to put in some extra steps or do this or that. And so um, it, it's helpful for me to kind of look and, and compare notes with some of my friends and some of our residents and say, you know, I can see clearly every day. Um, the result of people's lifelong habits. And again, that's, that's physical, but it's also the relational habits they have. It's also the personal disciplines they have. It's also the spiritual growth they have, who they are as a person. And so, yeah, our habits matter and our health habits matter, our relationships matter. And I'm just really privileged to be able to um, have a lot of incredible conversations every day and be a part of a team um, that is a part of, a, again, that community too. Um, and that happens in those places. Like it's just phenomenal. So yeah, lifelong habits. I, I, I see it every day. Awesome. Awesome. So if people wanted to just observe what you did, what, what you do, what ministry you're involved in, could they go to, we have a website here, heritage1886.org. Not to be confused with 1986, the year I was born, but right. 1886. It's different. Just a hundred years before. That's it. And actually, I mean, uh, yeah, they can go to heritage1886.org. You can kind of just get a glimpse. Uh, all our information is there. And, and since you mentioned it, 1886, uh, we put that on all of our, our branding because uh, actually we were founded in 1886 um, here, Western New York, right where I am on this campus here. But we were founded as an orphanage. And so we got a really cool origin story of just someone who felt God's call on his life to meet the needs of his day. And here we are 130 plus years later, still serving others. And so again, like lifelong habits, um, our response to the, the opportunities that we have before us and, and sharing those things in partnership with others. Uh, you never know um, the impact and legacy that you can make in your life. And so how, how valuable it is for us. That's one of the things I'm learning too. Um, when I'm strong, when I'm fit, when I'm healthy, I can use my strength and wellness to be a, a blessing and a benefit to others. The better I am, uh, the better I am able to help others. And so what a, what a blessing that is. Absolutely, man. And I had the opportunity to speak at one of your heritage ministry events and it was great. You had some, some spunky people. I love it. Like they're very lively. Uh, and you know, you can just tell like you do, you care, you have compassion, you take care of those residents in a way that you can as a chaplain. And it's, uh, I'm sure it's very well appreciated. Um, Man. So yeah, you get to see the other end of it. You get to see not only uh, you get to see in your family, the teenager, you get to see, or the, the child, you're going to see the teenager. You're going to see what it feels like personally is as you become middle age and all that, but to be able to see it on the other end, uh, the fruit of some of their labor in the past, in the beginning for them being healthy, it's, it's probably very motivating. It would be to me. I mean, I remember at the, at the Y in Bradford, Pennsylvania, I would see individuals who, 
looked like they were in their and hopefully it doesn't sound offensive, but like, you know, your, your upper years, yeah. like your seniors yeah. and they're sitting there, not sitting there. They're on treadmills. They're lifting weights. They're, they're taking a lot of time in the, in the locker room, watching TV, of yeah. course, shooting the breeze. Cause that social part's very important too. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I remember you were there a couple, you know, you would work out periodically too. And, and uh, it's just really, really encouraging. I suppose I could say it. Like these guys gave it all they had. Like, I remember we played ping pong, like we were in this ping pong stuff that we loved doing and I was amazing at it. I beat you all the time. But uh, what I'm saying there is there was this gentleman named Harold and Harold, uh, he was, I think, approaching his 80s and he was amazing at ping pong and he he whooped my tail uh later years he slowed down as he aged over the years but just being able to play was phenomenal harold had passed away with uh some issues and complications but his legacy lives on in me like i think about it like harold was amazing like i totally respected him and we had great conversations but just watching him come to the gym he would his workout was very simple but but it was, it was good. He would go and he'd lift, he'd lift and then take two minutes to read the paper, sip some coffee, Mm. fellowship with others. Like, Hey guys, how's it going? And talk, go back to that bar, lift it again, go back to the coffee, go back to the newspaper. And I was just like, I I was just like, he is doing something. And it's just good to see that he would do assisted pull-ups. And at the, at the senior age that he was at, I was like, that's awesome. And his cardio was periodically playing ping pong with us uh, and myself. So, yeah, it's just, it's it's encouraging. And I think that jumps into like the conversation too of like it's not just people who have the same like demographic or the same like who ha- have the same health journey. Like the bigger people can learn from the skinny people, and like what do we have in common, and what are the challenges we face? You know, younger people we can learn from older people and be inspired by them, and and vice versa, and help each other out. And so. I think, you know, talking about that theme of community and and walking with people and doing this together, like there are so many people on, if you think about the journey of health and wellness, um, you know, in all of its scopes and sizes and the ways that it's represented, like let's learn from each other. Let's have those conversations. Let's take notes on others. Even if their experience right now seems very different than ours, like there's probably something I can learn from that person and be inspired by them. um, and, And also something that I have to offer. And so I hope that's a, a huge part of, you know, the one step movement that that we're having these conversations and we're having these conversations maybe with people with different backgrounds or different struggles uh, or, or different experiences than us. And what can we learn from each other and how can we encourage one another? Because like you said, with Harold and, and some of the folks I know, like th- those are really powerful examples as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's I agree with that 100 percent, man. By the way, if everybody if you're still watching, I see we have a few people um, feel free to, to blast some comments. We're, we're coming to a close here momentarily, but, but if you have comments or you have questions for Larry, uh, if you can't stick around, just put the question and hang and head out. We'll definitely be able to, uh, have address that, that question. And maybe for those who will catch the replay. So feel free to leave a comment and, uh, questions if you have any, but yeah, Larry, man, I, I think, you know, this has been a very beneficial, very encouraging, uh, time together. I really enjoy talking to you. As we close up shop here, I just have a question for you as, as you're becoming more familiar again with the fitness realm and your, and your state of mind and what you do. And I love before, before I wrap up, I remember you saying, and you were talking about this as we were talking offline, you were saying how your workouts might look different from somebody else's workouts. Like you, you work out at home. You don't go to a gym uh, for various reasons. And you, you tend to have good workouts at home. You have a treadmill, you have some weights at home. Um, and it's good because I teach that in my one step coaching. I like the gym. I'm a fan personally. I like what's at my disposal. There's tons of equipment. I love it. Uh, I don't have room to have it in my house. So I tend to use a gym instead and it's cheaper in in the short run, at least to be able to pay for a small membership and then utilize all the equipment necessary that I need to reach my goals. But you, you have a treadmill, you have some weights. I teach people, you don't need to go to a gym. You have exactly what you need at home like that. Uh, not even a treadmill. You don't even need a treadmill. Like right. you can, right. whatever tools that you have, sure, use them. But you truthfully, you make it work even without a gym membership, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I thought <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me, you know, kind of the, like you usually do the one takeaway for people that are just. Well, I'm going to ask you that. I just wanted to mention it. It, it, it just hits perfectly because my, my, my advice would be, you know, figure out what works for you. Um, so, so absolutely. Um, 
yeah, it's just, and I think I always was that way. I don't know why. And again, some of that might've been an awareness of, I don't want to get into the gym because then all that competition and comparing myself to others will kind of rise up. I just don't want to deal with it. And some of it on the flip side was also the fear of like, you know, I'm just over here lifting 10, 15, 20 pounds, you know, an embarrassment and kind of that kind of thing. But also like in the big picture, I knew what was going to work best for me was around the house. And so, yeah, sometimes it's little mini um, circuits of like push-ups, sit-ups, crunches, things like that. Sometimes it's, it's uh, free weights, dumbbells. Sometimes it's planks. Sometimes it's uh, getting on the exercise bike or, or on the treadmill. Um, but man, it can be anything. I, I think one of the biggest things is just to keep moving. Um, early on and even in my life, like, you know, like example, you're bringing the groceries in, like you can lift them all in one single huge like thing and try to do like the strongman thing. But it's like, if I make more trips, like it's more steps, I'm moving more, I'm staying active. And so sometimes like giving yourself the excuse or the reason, like I'm going to leave my book in that room and then walk and get coffee and then walk back to my book just because I want to be active and moving. I mean, Justin, I remember one of the, one of the, the tricks that, that you taught me was like, if you're going to the store, like park farther away, like park in the parking lot because someone else can use those spaces anyway. And you're getting more fitness. You're getting more wellness in. you're getting more movement. Why not use your body? Our bodies are made for movement. So there's so many little things that we can do just where we're at. And, and no one else needs to know. You don't need to explain those things to anybody, but, but do the little tips and tricks that work for you to get yourself um, healthy and strong and, and moving and active. Like there's so many of those things that you can incorporate into your daily life very easily. So that's a good word to give people if they're just starting out, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of literally my motto and that's one step. Like we, right. we take a simple, simple activity, such as for most people that is walking for some people it might not be, but we're going to talk to those who can take a few steps right now. If that means parking 20 additional steps away from a store to better your health, yeah. to leave a space open for somebody who may need that space, who might not be able to walk very well. What's the harm in that? It's going to benefit. And you, you do that. You do that every time over months, over a year, you're probably adding an extra mile or two or three, or maybe even five miles that you wouldn't have otherwise done. Like that's, that's very true. And that's a very good, uh, it's a very good thing to say at the end here. I love how, you know, we give those practical examples to to benefit other people but larry you have a a phenomenal uh way about you your approach i appreciate you being on here i'm thankful that you're vulnerable and transparent with us to share your story um you know it's not my audience that struggles like in this and what you're struggling with but they can learn like you were saying like we can learn from each other and we can see that we all have struggles that we all have a goal in mind and that's to become a healthier person uh we have a great comment and you'll appreciate this my brother chad is on <laughs> and he said hey brother and larry was up uh so we had to mention that chad has been uh, a good friend of larry's as well and i just wanted to show larry that my brother's watching dude <laughs> okay um, we were just talking about him earlier we were we were talking about chad earlier shout out to chad willoughby uh up chad there. was like Chad's like the glue that holds us together sometimes when we had our friction and our, our brotherly arguments. Yes. Yes. He was, he was like our, our coach, like our counselor getting us through uh, some, some negative moments, especially when, like when I was, we had that master lock challenge, you know, that full Nelson challenge, the master lock. Like I said, sometimes when you needed somebody to step in the middle, sometimes when we were brothers and we're, we're arguing, sometimes needs somebody to step in the middle of that. And that was my brother, Chad. he, He's a, he's a gem to our relationship. I love it. Go Chad. All right, guys. Thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, Larry, again, uh, if you have more questions for him, he does run an amazing ministry. You can visit the website heritage1886.org. So make sure you check that out. Just check it out. It's all he's asking. Just wants to bring awareness to it of what's happening there. It's a, it's an awesome ministry. It's changing lives. And Larry has a great heart to serve uh, those residents there. So we thank you, Larry, for coming on. Uh, as we wrap up here, guys, remember this is 600 pounds down live recording. We had some flukes periodically through it. Thank you for your patience with that. Don't forget January 1st is approaching. The one-step membership is coming up 
it's a small fee a month for an amazing, amazing opportunities for you to shed weight, become healthier, build muscle, find ways to eat that'll help burn fat, uh, find creative ways to eat that aren't just boring processed diet food, man. We're going to go all out. We're going to have some good times. We're going to instruct you how to cook well, how to do things well, and just encourage and motivate you. So the One Step membership is coming up. You'll see more of that on Facebook and on Instagram and also be a, a little more of a discussion of it here on 600 pounds down. But I appreciate y'all being here today. Visit justinwillaby.com. If you have any questions about who I am, check out my story and check out what's coming your way. Again, that's justinwillaby.com. Thank you so much for being here. 600 pounds down and we are out. Have a great day.